Hello and welcome to another bonus episode where I will talk about another, uh, what was it, 26 Disney movies? Uh, in this one, we, we get into like the middle of F of the animated movies here. It was uh, recorded over a couple of weeks, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I powerhoused my way through a bunch of them in a single day, so some of the reviews are a lot shorter than they were in the first episode. Um, I mean, as you can see, we get through um, like 10 additional movies in a little more than what was last time. I can't remember how long the last episode was. Uh, but we, we just, we're cranking them out. And um, weird side effect, I'm getting really fucking sick of animated movies. I, didn't, I never thought, I'm not sure if it's animated movies or movies, but... Boy, this is this is wearing on me. I've now seen almost 50 of them, and uh, it's been it's been a ride, and um, I look forward to it being over. <laughs> but it's also been a lot of fun. There are some some hidden gems in there that I uh, that I wasn't expecting, to be perfectly honest with you. But uh, by and large, yeah, there's some um, there's some some really solid movies in here. Also, I believe uh, we get our first 10 out of 10 movie in this review. So, I bet you're never gonna guess which one it is. It's gonna be a total surprise. Let's find out. Aladdin and the King of Thieves is, well, A, I actually finished this fucking straight to DVD um, sequel to, to Aladdin. Uh, it had some songs that didn't suck. It had the return of Robin Williams and that's always pleasant. It had John Reese davies as Aladdin's dad, and had the dude that played Lumiere as the main villain. Um, not bad. Uh, you know, I'm always a sucker for giant island turtles, uh, so that gets a point, like, right there. I think we're talking probably... It's gonna sound harsh, but it's probably a four. It's, it's definitely better than Return to Jafar, but in all honesty... It, it, well, I suppose none of these really needed to be made, but it's like, it doesn't have like the, the, the value that like 101 Dalmatians has, in my opinion, where it's like, this is a really old movie. And even though it's kind of middling, it has more to offer because it's like, oh, well, when this came out in the, whenever 101 Dalmatians came out, 61, you know, there's a bit more going on there where Bambi has like, has like history to it. Aladdin and King of Thieves is is the best uh, Aladdin sequel so far. Um, it's actually watchable, and at some points it's even enjoyable. So there you go, four out of ten for Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Definitely better than Return of Jafar. In the first of what I pray will not be many of these movies, uh, where the actual movie was three episodes of a TV show that was never made and that is Atlantis Milo's return it so I was actually thinking about this as I was watching Atlantis being like it would kill for a live-action remake but it also would have made a really good TV show because you know it had um, like fucking such an iconic cast of characters and this is what that TV show would have been. I don't think it would have been a bad show, but it did not make for a good movie. If you really liked Atlantis and you like kind of... I mean, it's it's three episodes, so each one's like half an hour. Um, and then they're loosely tied together. It wasn't bad by any means, but it, I don't even think it counts as a movie. So I'm, I'm like, if you want to look at it as a, a movie, it's it's bad. It's, it's like a fucking like three out of 10. It's just like, it, it isn't coherent. It doesn't make sense. These, these three plots have absolutely nothing to do with one another. So it's really disjointed. Uh, but if you look at it as what it is, which was three episodes of a TV show, then the show probably would have been okay. Is kind of where I'm at, um, for that one. So yeah, not a movie doesn't count as a movie. Don't watch it expecting it to be a movie. It's not a movie. Therefore, I don't think it really counts. Um, that's kind of... That's my two cents for for that particular thing. But I'm going to move on to something else that I'm in the middle of watching right now. And I gotta be honest, the intro fucking kicked ass. 
So the movie just needs to keep it up and this one might be really worth seeing. I have multiple fans going, so apologize in advance for that. But I did just finish uh, what is probably the best uh, straight to DVD sequel at least I have seen so far. And I know the competition isn't particularly fierce at the moment, but this is so far it's the first one where I'm like, oh, that is that is better than um, the first one by like leaps and bounds, like. It just it just straight up is Bambi 2 is better than Bambi because unlike Bambi there's a there's a story here that being said the true impact of Bambi 2 can't be experienced unless you also watch Bambi and it's it's the it's the twofer because Bambi 2 is the intervening years between when Bambi's mom dies and when Bambi comes back with like full antlers it is it is the in-between so it's not even really a sequel it's just like the rest of the movie um and what it really is is bambi getting to know his patrick stewart dad and yes it is actually patrick stewart i had to check i'm like that sounds a lot that can't be he would never he did he is the voice of bambi's fucking dad and it's fucking great he kills it um yeah no i mean this is like a seven out of ten movie the intro is fucking beautiful because it's like Bambi's mom dies and that's how the movie starts that's how it begins is with the death of Bambi's mom and then Patrick Stewart Deer showing up and being like come along Bambi my son or whatever um, and then there's this gorgeous song called like There Is Life um, that like leads into the beginning of the fucking movie and it's more or less like Bambi trying to prove himself to his dad um there's this fucking character named Rano uh cause you know I hate I hate Ron uh but that's the deer that Bambi fights for um uh what's her face Feline is that is that the is that the name of the deer um I think it is yeah Feline uh so like that character got backstory which was nice to see because in the movie it just seems like a dick deer kind of out of nowhere but now there's like history of him being a dick deer so it's just like really cool um animation wise it was pretty fantastic not only did it draw incredibly heavily upon the original and kind of nailed like the look of the owl and how the animals all looked and the, the nature and the, the high detail of the nature and the scenes of animals just being animals. Um, it, it, it really is quite good. And I would, unironically, just recommend it. Sure, it's got a couple of sticking points. Like, they, they you know, try to fake you out that Bambi dies. But because it takes place in Bambi, the movie. Like, if you've seen Bambi, you know he lives past this point. It's completely ludicrous um but yeah it's it's just really good i loved his relationship with his with his dad i liked how that evolved it seemed pretty natural patrick Stewart did a really good job it's just it's just pretty good and i always was looking at it being like fucking bambi too i mean come on there's no way that's gonna be good it's pretty good it's it's the best straight to DVD sequel I've seen so far, and I mean seven out of ten. That's that's pretty good for my rankings. So good job, Bambi too. Fucking fucking coming out of nowhere to be like a winner. Didn't see that coming. I'll tell you that for free. I did my best. I made it as far as I could. Beauty and the Beast, Bell's Magical World. Zero out of ten. Couldn't finish it. It's... Oh, oh, God. Don't start playing again. Never start playing again. It's... Uh, I, I got close. I got pretty close. I was able to hang in there for, for most of it. But halfway through the final one, I was just like, I'm done. It's predictable. It's another, like... They have the nerve to call it an anthology movie. It's another, like, three short stories stapled together. But... Unlike Atlantis Milo's Return, the characters are not nearly as likable in this rendition, and they're boils down to just horrific cliches, not how, like, they were in the fucking movie, like the original one. So, yeah, no, can't, 
Can't recommend it. We got we got another zero out of ten. Couldn't finish it. Absolute trash. Absolute trash. Beauty and the Beast, the Enchanted Christmas gets a whopping two out of ten. And it only gets two because one, I finished it. And two, has Tim Curry in it. That's it. The songs are terrible, the animation wasn't very good, and the characters actively forgot things they said earlier in the movie and contradicted themselves constantly. So it was it it was incredibly bad. It was finishable, but to be fair, I did also watch it on and off over the course of like an entire day. So if I sat there like straight through, probably wouldn't have been able to finish it, but I held out hope because I'm such a big Tim Curry fan. So it gets a two because I, I was able to finish it, but I was only able to finish it because of Tim Curry. Two out of 10, not worth seeing, even if you're a Tim Curry fan. As much as I love Tim Curry, it wasn't his finest work, but I think that's more of a fault of how terrible the movie was versus his actual performance. So, yes, there you go. He even has a song in it. It's not very good. It's not. I'm not going to fucking run out to my Spotify playlist and add those, those bangers. It got to the point where I started skipping songs because they were so terrible. So, no. No, fuck that movie. Fuck that movie hard. Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. I finished watching this movie at like 11 o'clock last night and it gets like a 3 out of 10 uh, it gets a point for being um, watchable so I finished it so it gets it gets an automatic plus 1 for, for that um, it had a song in there that I didn't think totally sucked so it gets another one for that but then outside of that it's just kind of it's okay um, clearly meant for an incredibly young audience because the plot is so surface level and inoffensive and doesn't take any risks or anything like that. And it doesn't make it a bad movie. It just doesn't make it an entertaining one if you're over the age of like three. So can't really recommend that one. Um, but what a, what a shock. It's also the third movie in the franchise and Disney does not have the first one on, um, on Disney Plus for some reason. So it's... Uh, you get the second and the third movie of this of this really strange franchise that's like, you know, we're like Toy Story, but we're just random appliances. And it's not like the characters are bad, but it's just kind of like, it doesn't, I don't know, there's, I haven't gained anything from watching these movies, um, except for a brief nostalgia kick at the beginning of the of the second one that I'm watching right now because I'm like, hey, I remember this this intro. So maybe this is the movie that terrified me as a child. I guess we'll find out. Brave Little Toaster goes to the zoo or what is it? Hold on. I'm so fucking tired. I got like no sleep last night and I've been strung out all day. Brave Little Toaster to the rescue. It's pretty good. Much better than Goes to Mars. Actually has like a coherent plot. The characters are, are funny and charming. Um, good old fashioned Thurl's Ravenscroft. I didn't talk about him in the in the last one, but he's the vacuum cleaner and he's a fucking veteran. So yeah, it's was, it was not bad. I mean, it's like a fucking like four out of 10. It's definitely better than Goes to Mars um, in terms of it actually like having a plot. Definitely watchable, um, but not a whole lot to be gained from it. It's very... Very simplistic. It reminds me of like some of the old Scooby-Doo movies, but not as good. So yeah, four out of ten seems seems pretty fair. Now this one is is one of my one of my all-time favorites from from way back in the day. This is Brother Bear from 2003, nominated for an Academy Award. Songs by Phil Collins, and you got fucking Bob and Doug McKenzie of of Canadian comedy fame, uh, being written to the moose the moosins. Um, great movie, great movie. Uh, I I teared up. It's just it's just a really solidly told story. Um, so yeah, it's just I I love Brother Bear. I love the way it looks. I love the way it sounds. I love the story. And bears are my favorite animals. So I mean, it's kind of hard to beat. It is more or less the same story as Brave, <laughs> if you really boil down the elements. Somebody gets turned into a bear to, like, learn to be a better person to the people around them. Kind of, it's kind of the same thing. It's just one is Native American-based and the other one's Scottish-based. Um, but I do love bears. So Brother Bear gets a, gets a whopping 6 out of 10. Fucking one of my, one of my favorites. Can't, 
can't watch it enough. Now, now it's time to watch the second one, which I've never seen. Fucking Brother Bear 2 is basically just Shrek um, with bears. So it's alright. Um, you got Mandy Moore uh, playing the love interest in Brother Bear 2, which is kind of fun because uh, she's entangled. And I, I'm a big Mandy Moore fan. Um, but yeah, the movie's decent. It's animated pretty well. Um, kind of by the numbers. You know, once again, it's Shrek. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it is the second uh, straight-to-DVD movie to have a higher Rotten Tomatoes score than its predecessor. Uh, the first one being an extremely goofy movie. Um, I do not believe this is better than the first one. Uh, I think the first one is... Um, it's got more heart to it, personally. Uh, and this one's kind of... You know, that's, that's the trope with these movies where it's like, well, what if the characters fell in love with something? Like, Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 does that. The, like, the whole point of Hunchback is that, like, he doesn't end up with somebody and he makes, like, that sacrifice. And then in Hunchback 2, they just erase that and give him somebody to, to bone. So, kind of ruins it. But yeah, uh, Brother Bear 2, not, not too shabby. Some decent songs in there, so I'll give it a, we'll say it's a solid 5 out of 10. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Pretty good. So I know this one's going to be kind of controversial because pretty much everybody I know hates this movie. But I'm, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be the one that says, I don't think Cars is all that bad. I like it better than a lot of other Pixar movies I can name. Looking at you, Bugs Life. Um, I know a lot of people get hung up about, like, why are they Cars with faces? Um, but I will answer back, you know. Brave Little Toaster doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, you got Toy Story. I don't think the fact that they're inanimate objects takes anything away from it. It doesn't add anything to it. I feel like this movie could have been done just as easily with people as it was with cars, but, you know, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, like, sure, there's some dumb things in it, but at the end of the day, it's got a sweet message, and it, you know, it's it's told pretty well. It's the longest movie I've seen so far. It's almost two hours. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Cars is fine, perfectly. Um, or personally, sorry. I mean, we're talking a good... You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. I, I do really like Cars. It has a lot of like good, heartfelt moments. I think the biggest sin of the Cars franchise is that it sets it up so peacefully and so beautifully at the end, and then they just had to fucking ruin it with two sequels. That's the biggest sin. It's like, it ties it up so nicely. You don't need to know more adventures. Um, and I've never seen Cars 2. I have seen Cars 3. Um, but as if, if Cars 3 is indicative of what they did with Cars 2, then it might like, all these lovable characters might as well just not even fucking exist anymore in the Cars franchise, and it's like, you took what you had, and then you just shat all over it, so. But the first one's pretty solid. I like it a lot. I'm gonna go against the grain of humanity here and tell you that I didn't think Cars 2 was that bad. Is it perfect? Hell no. Is it better than Cars 1? Hell no. Is it a, like an unwatchable, terrible, shit-ass movie? No, I don't think so. I think there are vastly inferior movies, especially some of those straight-to-DVD Disney sequels are way worse than this. It was entertaining. It wasn't very complicated as far as plots go, so that was fun. It was nice to look at, like, the, the, the renderings of, like, big cities and, like, actual real-world monuments and stuff like that was pretty good. Um, I thought the performances were fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was... I Honestly, I didn't mind it. Um, I don't think I'd see it again anytime soon. Um, but I would not be irritated if somebody was like, Hey, you want to watch Cars 2? I'd be like, sure. It's fine. It's, a, it's an okay movie. Um, yeah, I, th I thought it was I thought it was a, a decent-ish you know, spy movie. Um, very simple, you know. It's not going to fucking win any awards but it's it was it was a good enough spy movie i love michael kane so that was that was some bonus points um i liked the racing um i liked the the variety of cars it had a fucking cast and a half too like people you wouldn't ever expect to be in such a movie uh were all over the place in this movie like fucking vanessa redgrave was in this goddamn movie for some fucking reason. Eddie Izzard's the the bad guy. Bruce Campbell was there, and like it's it's a it's a good goddamn cast. So, yeah, I mean, probably like a like a five out of ten, maybe a four. Um, if you wanna if you wanna really get into it, 
I didn't mind it, honest to God. Um, and I think that's because I went in expecting it to be absolutely terrible, because I always heard it was terrible. But it's really not that bad. I don't even think it's like the worst Pixar sequel. In, in all honesty, I think, like, if I was going to watch a sequel to a Pixar movie, I'd watch this over, like, Monsters University. Um, you know, that might change as, as I, as I rewatch things, but I honest to God didn't think it was that bad. So, yeah. Cars 2 gets a bad, Cars gets a bad rap. I know a lot of people hate it. A lot of people hate it. But I'm not one of those people. I do not mind it. I would rather watch any of the Cars movies than, like, Bugs Life or, um, the aforementioned Monsters University. I, I would. I, I just, I don't know. The fact that they're cars doesn't really bother me. It's it's fine, you know? It's just part of the movie. Just like how they're toys in Toy Story and Bears and Brave. Like, that's just the movie, you know? I, honest to God, don't think it's that bad. Plus, the, the soundtrack um, is is pretty solid. Like, the score in the in the first Cars movie. I didn't talk about it before, uh, but it was Randy Newman. And Randy Newman is so hit or miss. Like, I feel like Randy Newman did a really good job with the Cars score, but did a really bad job with the Bugs Life score, at least for most of it. Um, cause Bugs Life starts off, like, really strong, and then it just kinda goes, do-do-do, do-do-do, burr-burr-burr, and it just kinda loses its way a little bit, because, you know, that's just how it goes, but, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Um, yes. So, I even didn't mind Mater being, like, the main character. Sure, it can get a little grating at times, but I feel like they did a pretty decent job with, like, right as Mater was getting annoying... They cut away and something else happens. Like there's never too much of Mater in any one in any one go. And it's not like it's a completely original story in terms of like Mater's role, but I still thought it was done decently well. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say you know, Cars 2 is not that bad. And people should, you know, quit dumping on cars. It's like people that hate Nickelback. Like, I don't listen to them all that often, but you can't deny that they've got some good G Dang songs. So, fucking, let's, let's all just fucking chill. You know? It's okay to like things, especially if other people don't. Cars 2's not that bad. There, I said it. Cars 3 is... So, it's, it's weird, because Cars 3 is remarkably similar to Cars 1. It has a lot of parallels uh, in terms of the, the story. Like, Lightning's journey with Doc, and then... Um, uh, fucking, uh, Cruise? Cruise's journey with, uh, Lightning McQueen. Basically the exact same kind of story, but it's told pretty well. That's the thing with this fucking franchise. It's like, everybody's like, oh, it's fucking shit. But I'm sitting here being like, it's not that bad. Cars 3 is, it's, it's okay. Um, it's not amazing. It's not gonna blow your mind. And personally, I don't like it as much as Cars 1 or even Cars 2, like, Cars 2, I think, has a lot more, like, wacky fun shit. Cars 3 is kind of just, like, a by-the-numbers movie about, like, you know, accepting your role in society, and even if you can't do what you used to do, you can still do amazing things. I don't know. Well, it's just, like, it kind of writes off the the cast from Radiator Springs, and I feel like that's where the, the, the heart of the movie really lies is in like the supporting characters and they're not as present in this one and they're kind of replaced by other characters and it's not like the replacement characters are bad it's just like you had a really good cast and you just kind of forgot about it um so yeah cars 3 gets like a fucking i don't know it's I, i'll give it a six out of ten it's a decent movie it's just like i've i've seen it before and there's nothing about it that makes it like a cars movie you know they just happen to be cars in this one but outside of that it's just like it's your basic like sport redemption movie basically um is is what cars 3 is about it's not bad it's not great and if i was gonna watch the cars movies honest to god i'd probably watch them in order one two and three chicken little is well bad i mean i'm not i'm not blowing anybody's mind by saying that am i like it's it's not good it's not a good movie it's animated like absolute shit it looks like it was done on, like, a college laptop. There are weird set scenes where it's just, like, characters moving against, like, a flat wall that just look really weird and out of place. And it doesn't... It doesn't work really well. And then the overall story of the movie is... 
terrible. Um, it's like, Jake and Little says the sky is falling. Turns out the sky is made of aliens. And the whole plot of the movie is the aliens are trying to rescue their baby, which they do. And that's kind of, that's kind of it. The best parts of this movie are highlighted in the trailer. And the only reason I know that is because I remember those scenes from the fucking trailer. I remember those lines from the trailer. Those are the highlights of the movie. It's one of those instances where they told you the entire film in the trailer and you don't need to see the movie. And I'm telling you right now, you don't need to see the movie. It's badly animated, it's badly told, it's, it's bad. Three out of ten. Cinderella, uh, a lot fucking darker than I remember it being. Really well animated, like, I'm, I'm sitting there just kind of blown away by what people can do with their fucking hands. It's incredible. Um, and it's, it's a decent story, it's really good. Uh, the, the evilness of the stepsisters isn't so much highlighted in this one. Um, they, they, like, they're irritating and annoying, and at one point you're just really frustrated with them, but the, the stepmom really kind of comes on top as like a villain and like not the first time in in these movies are we have we gotten like a villain i think is worth villaining but she's she's got to be up there like i i hate it that like cruella Deville is so high up on villain lists because while she her intentions were despicable her accomplishments are pitiful like she never really did anything but this this person the stepmom she did some stuff Including abusing and basically imprisoning a, a child for, like, fucking years. So, yeah, the evil scale on this one is a lot higher. Um, but, of course, True Love wins out, thanks to the Fairy Godmother, and Cinderella ends up with Prince What's-His-Face. I think it's Eric. No, that's, that's, um, fucking, uh, Little Mermaid. Prince... Is it Philip? It might be Philip. I think it's Philip. Um, or is... No, that's, that's fucking Sleeping Beauty. God damn it. Uh, Prince... In Cinderella. Charming. Seriously, I couldn't remember. Couldn't remember Prince Charming. Um, yeah, but it's Charming. Um, so this is where Prince Charming is. I thought Prince Charming ended up with fucking Snow White, but maybe that's just Once Upon a Time bleeding through. But yeah, Cinderella, absolute classic. It tells its story really well. Um, Lucifer is a fucking piece of shit cat. Fuck that cat. That cat is the worst. Um, but yeah, like fucking 7 out of 10. Pretty, pretty fucking good movie. Cinderella 2 Dreams Come True is the only anthology movie where there's three stories told, right, that I would actually recommend. It's the best one so far. Uh, it tells three pretty good stories. The framing device for the three stories is pretty well told. Um, and it isn't all about Cinderella. One of them focuses on the mouse. One of them focuses on uh, her fucking stepsister. Um, and her stepsister finds love. Which I thought is interesting because, uh, well, in the next one, uh, they kind of ignore the, the, the stories told in Cinderella 2. But Cinderella 2 is, is a pretty decent anthology movie. I mean, we're still talking like 5 out of 10, maybe 6 for the, um, the stepsister story because I really liked that one. Um, but it's, it is the best one so far. So if you're looking for, you know, just like three nice, sweet short stories that deal with some Disney classics, then Cinderella 2 Dreams Come True is your, is your, is your home to build your hat fortress. Five out of ten. This movie kind of completes the trilogy and makes the Cinderella trilogy so far the best Disney trilogy because Cinderella 3, a twist in time, yeah, is fucking really good. The evil stepmom gets a hold of the fairy godmother's wand and uses it to undo Cinderella's happiness and uh, makes it so the prince falls in love with one of the stepsisters instead. And it is, it's pretty well animated. It's kind of a goofy story, but it's told in a, in a somewhat dark way. Um, it talks about the lengths somebody is willing to go to achieve their dreams, uh, which basically leads to, is it Annabelle? I can't remember. Anastasia, I think, is, is what her name is. It leads to Anastasia essentially giving up everything that makes her her, in order to achieve her dreams, and then she goes, this isn't what I wanted. I want the prince to love me for me, not to love me because I look like Cinderella, you know, those sorts of things. And Like, the absolute power of true love, and the, the goofy nature of the prince, it's it's just a really good story. It's it's unique, yeah, like, in terms of Dis Disney movies, you know, we haven't had a time travel, erase the past, we gotta fix this shit movie, and now we do, and it's fucking 
told pretty goddamn well. So, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I mean, we're talking solid six out of ten, maybe seven on a on a really good day. But this is a this is a solid straight to DVD sequel. It's probably the second best one after um, Bambi two so far. I would say, um, like it's just it's just really solid. Although, uh, is it wasn't uh, fucking an extreme goofy movie straight to DVD? I can't remember. Um, I don't think so. I think that had a theatrical release. But yeah, it's Cinderella three is really really good. Way better than it has any right to be. This probably won't surprise anybody. Um, I I absolutely love fucking uh, this movie. This movie is pretty much perfect, and that's Coco. 10 out of 10. I was going to say 9 out of 10, but then, even though I've seen this movie dozens of times since it's come out, uh, it still made me cry like a baby at the end of it, and any movie that can make me cry that hard, that consistently, deserves a perfect score. I honestly... If I look at this movie objectively, I can't think of anything wrong with it. Everything works. Everything makes sense. It is absolutely gorgeous to look at. It sounds amazing. The story is fantastic. Sure, I could harp on a little bit about how it's spirited away, but when you're copying or taking inspiration from one of the best animated movies ever made, you made one of the best animated movies ever made. I mean, it... It takes its influences and it blends it and it's beautiful and it's perfect and Coco is fucking flawless. Absolute 10 out of 10. This movie is borderline per- perfect. I like it's just it's it's unreal how how good of a job they did in Coco. Oh my god. Like just thinking about it right now I'm just like it's really good. I just can't shake a stick at it. It's basically flawless. 10 out of 10. Dinosaur. So there are there are a lot of movies on this list where I haven't seen it since I saw it the first time. There's a lot of movies on this list I've never seen. But Dinosaur is a movie I have seen. Indeed, I have a fucking Aldar fridge magnet. Yeah, it works as like a fucking clip for your bag. It, like his mouth opens and you can use him to like clip some like tortilla chips shut or something like that. But yes, I've seen I've seen Dinosaur. Um, now. The redeeming factor of Dinosaur is how they made it. It is animated dinosaurs and creatures on real-world, live-action, actual factual nature shot backgrounds. Which I, I was looking at it going like, that fucking looks real. There's no way. This movie came out in like 2000 or 2001. I'm like, there's no way the animation quality was that good. Because I'm looking at the dinosaurs and I'm telling you that the animation quality isn't that good. And it isn't that good. They fucking filmed actual sets. They went out into the world, like, to the fucking Angel Falls and all these amazing real-world locations and filmed, like, just empty shots and then input dinosaurs later. And so the first, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes of it, when it's that opening shot of the journey with the egg, is incredible. Because you're going over these amazing vistas, and there's no stupid dinosaurs talking. And it's fucking phenomenal. Indeed, if you put this... Like, if you... This was an experiment I tried, actually. This movie is told incredibly well with the actions of the dinosaurs. You can follow the entire plot of the movie without hearing the audio. You can pick it up. You can figure it out. You can... I, I did it. I changed the language of the movie to something I didn't understand. And I was still able to follow what the movie was telling me. Because it does a pretty decent job of showing you and not telling you. And the dialogue kind of takes it away from it. But if you change it to a language you don't quite understand, then it becomes more of like... Almost like a documentary of sorts, you know? It tells the story of, of the, the, the journey of Aldar and his family of lemurs. Um, off to find the the breeding grounds because the asteroid hit the planet and annihilated like fucking everything and they're trying to find like the last piece of green within like walking distance you know and uh, they do eventually succeed um, the core story of dinosaur isn't particularly original but I actually do think the the way it's filmed and the way it looks is enough of a spectacle that it is worth seeing at least once um, and if the, if the story itself is a little hackneyed and tried and, you know, tried and true, um, it's, it's actually not that bad. And it's predominantly the visuals. Much like how I would recommend watching, uh, The Black Cauldron for the music and the visuals, 
I'd recommend watching Dinosaur for the music and the visuals. It's, it's just a really good movie to look at. That being said, still a solid 5 out of 10. But that 5 points is basically coming out of the, the way the movie looks. Because the movie looks really fucking cool. Doug's first movie. And in my opinion, thankfully his last movie. I didn't really grow up watching Doug. So I don't have the same, like, emotional connection to these characters as, like, my family does. Like, my brother and my mom fucking love Doug. I don't get it. Like, they, they're, they're, the voice acting isn't the greatest. Uh, I don't really like the way the characters look with their tiny, beady black eyes. Um, I will give it uh, props for, like, the music, which is mostly done through, like, scat singing and mouth noises, which I thought was kind of unique and very 90s. Um, it's... It's, it's, I don't know. I don't get this, this infatuation with Doug. So I went into Doug's first movie, just kind of going like, all right, I, I mean, it's on the list. I got to give it a shot. Um, and I did, I gave it a shot. I finished it. So, you know, it's, it's watchable. You know, you got to give it that. It's your classic free Willy E.T. monster movie story. Um, just with the characters of Doug. There's some like B and C plot lines that are not really necessary. They're kind of funny. Um, I basically watched Doug's first movie while I was playing World of Warcraft. Um, and I've done that with a lot of these movies is I'm just, I'm just watching them like on one screen while I'm playing World of Warcraft on the other one. Um, and Doug is fine. I mean, I'd equate it to recessed to be honest with you, like in terms of movie quality and the characters and stuff like that, except I liked recess. Um, so yeah, Doug, I mean, it's definitely not an unwatchable shock movie. If you like Doug, I think there's a lot going on here that you will really enjoy um, from, like, the characters and point of views and stuff like that. Like, everybody's here. You got Skeeter, Patty Mayonnaise, you got you got Doug, you got Porkchop, you got his, like, insipid parents. They're all here. Um, and I, I do give, you know, I, I will nod my head and say, like, the Doug the show was pretty groundbreaking and uh, had a big following, and it's on Disney+. Plus, so... Yeah, I understand the legacy, and I know where they're coming from. The movie itself is just basically free Willy and E.T. Um, told decently well. And, yeah, it's, it's it's fine. It's perfectly fine. It's a harmless film. It, it's not going to offend anybody. Um, even me, who doesn't like Doug, I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's fine. You, you, I know everything you're doing here. I get it. I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's not animated to, too terribly. So, we're talking uh, fucking 5 out of 10. Wasn't Doug on Nickelodeon, though? Or am I crazy? Because that's that's something that's sticking in my head. I thought Doug was on Nickelodeon. It might not have been. Doug on Nick. Nickelodeon. Was Doug on Nickelodeon? It might have been like reruns or something like that. But that's why I remember seeing Doug. Yeah. Yeah, it was on, it was on Nickelodeon. Did it start with Disney? I mean... Uh, maybe it was on... Yeah. It, it, it released on Nickelodeon. So it was made by Disney, just released on Nickelodeon. And then it went to ABC for um, seasons five, six, and seven. It had seven seasons? And then a movie uh, to, to wrap it all up that came out halfway through the seventh season. That's crazy. The seventh season had 31 episodes? Holy fuck. All right. Well, that's weird. But it looks like it, it ran for all of the 90s, from 91 to 99. That's that's impressive. So good, good on you, Doug. Your movie got a five out of ten, though. So take that to the bank. Third movie I couldn't finish. DuckTales the movie Treasure of the Lost Lamb. Zero out of ten. It is Aladdin with ducks. It's Aladdin with the with the duck the, the ducktail ducks. It's that's it. That's what the movie is. The villain was moderately interesting in that he could like transform into a bird. Um I like DuckTales uh, as much as anybody, but nope, couldn't do it. Could it was the first uh, straight to video Disney movie that they ever made. It came out in 1990, DuckTales the movie. And it fucking shows. It doesn't look particularly good. It's fucking hackneyed as shit. If they were going for kind of like a spoof thing with Aladdin, then I would kind of get it. But here's the thing. I have just realized, I think DuckTales the movie came out before Aladdin. DuckTales Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Okay fucking it's aladdin they find a lamp there's a genie somebody wants the genie for evil purposes it's the exact same plot as aladdin um it did it did, holy shit fucking just like with bolt ripping off 101 dalmatians 2 
because that came out first, Aladdin ripped off DuckTales the movie. Holy crap. That's, that's hilarious. It's the exact same movie, guys. It's the exact same fucking movie. I swear to God. It, oh man. And even the genie is like kind of wacky and crazy. This is egregious. This fucking plagiarism bullshit. But that being said, Aladdin took the formula and it did it right. And DuckTales took the formula and they did it dirty. So, 0 out of 10. Even though it came first, I can't, I can't do it. Can't watch it. It's, it's not, it, no. No. 40th movie on the list, Emperor's New Groove. I love this movie. It's, it's probably, um, the, the funniest movie I've seen so far on this, on this list. Um, not only with, like, the meta jokes, where they where they have knowledge of the movie that they shouldn't have, um, the way it's edited is pretty funny, uh, fucking Patrick Warburton is, like, my favorite ever, I fucking love that guy, hey Peter, just cronk everywhere, just the best, absolute best, one of the, one of the greatest, like, secondary characters in a, in a Disney movie. Um, I do really enjoy this movie. And I think what I what is nice about it is that it's it doesn't have like a down point. Like it, it kind of the momentum of the movie never stops. It it is just bam 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 done. It gets in and gets out pretty quickly. It's an hour and 22 minutes long, so it's not a particularly long film. Um, it does what it wants to do and it gets out clean. And it's awesome. And I am going to give the movie a bonus point. Um, mostly because I remember playing a, an Emperor's New Groove video game when I was younger um, on PC. I think it came out of a fucking cereal box, honest to God. But it was really fun and it was really good. And the movie, I just, I love the movie. It's it's short, it's sweet, it's, it's funny. It references a lot of great movies like Pull the Lever, Cronk, Wrong Lever. That's, it's just, it's just really good. So, 6 out of 10. And you know what? No, no, fuck it. 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 for Emperor's New Groove. I'm a big fan of this movie. Big fan. The next couple of movies are going to take me a minute to watch. Because they are pretty long. So, hooray. Um, wow, except for that one. Okay, that's, that's a lot shorter than I remember it being. So, there you go. Fantasia is one of my favorite pieces of media. I don't really want to call it a movie because it's not really a movie. Um, it's, you know, it's a series of stories told in accompaniment to song. Um, and because it's not really a movie in that it doesn't have like a coherent plot throughout the entire thing, it just kind of has a, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a piece of media. It's, it's an experience, you know, it's not like the Emperor's New Groove, where there's there's a there's a climax, there's an A and a B and a C, just part. It's like it's not really written, you know. Um, but that being said, it as an experience, I think, is second to none. There's nothing else really quite like it. Even based on like I haven't seen Fantasia 2000 since it came out, um, and I'm about to watch it for its review. But my memory is that even Fantasia 2000 isn't quite like Fantasia in that it's just like the light, the sound, the 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 narration provided by the conductor, the animation, it's all like quintessential Disney. It's it's the it's the hallmark of like Disney can do what nobody else can do. And it's this. Like Fantasia I think is like one of the one of the pinnacle achievements of of Disney movies because it's really unlike anything else. And it, it can't be replicated or duplicated. It is a pure product of its time. And it is gorgeous because of it. Now, I absolutely love Fantasia. It's not a movie, so I'm not going to give it a rating. But I do consider it to be one of my favorite pieces of media. Um, and I would recommend it if you enjoy music, if you enjoy animation, if you want to see the coolest Disney villain ever created ever, which is fucking Chernabog. The, the night on Bald Mountain sequences. One of the best pieces of anything. It's so fucking cool and good. Oh my god, Fantasia is is top tier, and it you can't compare it to other movies because it is uh, an entity in and of itself. It's it's hard to quantify, um, but I love it. I know a lot of people find it boring, but if, if you know what, sometimes you just need to fucking mellow out 
And you put on Fantasia, that shit's like over two hours. Just fucking chill, man. Fantasia's so good. Fantasia 2000 is more or less just more Fantasia. For some reason, I don't like it as much. Like, the, the things are creative enough and the music is good and the animation is fine, but it just feels like, I don't know, it just feels lesser. It feels, it doesn't have the same, like, heart to it. And I guess it's because it's, like, the same but other things, you know what I mean? Which I guess is all you can really expect from a sequel. Uh, but since I couldn't give a rating to Fantasia, I can't really give a rating to Fantasia 2000 because it is, like, the same format. Um, I like the celebrities doing the, the introductions, but at the same time, I don't know, just, just, it didn't, it didn't strike the same notes with me. Ha 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 ha. So, while Fantasia 2000 is the closest to Fantasia as I've ever seen in visual media, it's so much lesser. Um, so I say just stick to Fantasia, personally, for me. Um, I don't think there were any segments out of Fantasia 2000 that I enjoyed more than in Fantasia, um, but they were perfectly fine. Um, and some of them went, in my opinion, a, too, a bit too long. Uh, like Rhapsody in Blue is like 20 minutes or something like that. It's, it's way too long. So, yeah, it's, it's decent, but it, it, it's been done before, and it's been done better in Fantasia. So this one doesn't really count as an animated Disney movie, because even though it is on Disney+, and it is an animated movie, uh, it was purchased through the acquisition of Fox. So, I mean, I still watched it, uh, and that's fantastic, Mr. Fox. And my memory of this movie is that it wasn't bad, um, but, like, there are a couple of directors who I know have, like, really big followings, and everybody likes them, like, a lot, um, and it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's not that I don't like Wes Anderson, but it's just that I've, I don't think I've ever really watched and enjoyed one of uh, their movies, um, in, in recent memory, it's just, it, it, it's, it's a fine film, you know, it had, had some stuff, it's, move, stop motion, looked kind of cool, but it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't very funny, I didn't find any of the, uh, the jokes in there to be good, um, I thought the, the trademark whistle thing was just kind of irritating, I don't know, it's, it's okay, for for stop motion not like there have been some really amazing stop motion films um and there are some that i absolutely love but this just isn't isn't one of them it's a it's a finishable movie that's the best i can say for it so i think we're gonna give this a four out of ten it's all right i mean it's pretty inoffensive but fuck there's so many better films to watch i don't even know why you would waste your time quite frankly watching them watching that particular film. So yeah, 4 out of 10 seems, uh, seems pretty fair. Alright, on this review, I kinda, I'm kind of cheating a little bit because I've seen this movie so many times in my life that I know it's a good one, um, but for some reason I just can't watch it again. So I'm not really sure what that says about the movie, but Finding Nemo is, you know, as long as you haven't watched it to death like I have, um, it's a good movie. It's, it's good. I mean, it's got good animation it's a really good story it's heartfelt it's got like soul to it um that's something that i feel like has been lacking for a lot of these disney movies like there's passion behind this one and um like the the attention to detail is something that i think um pixar does pretty pretty well overall um like you know there's some there's some pixar movies where it's not quite there and you can really feel it but most of the time pixar really kind of nails it when it comes to uh really solid movies and Finding Nemo is one of their finest films. Um, probably, you know, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it like an eight out of ten. We'll say. I mean, it's fantastic, but I think the fact that I can't watch it anymore because I can close my eyes and see it. P. Sherman, forty-two, Wally Way, wasn't it? Um, is in my head is a mark against the uh, the thing. Like, sure, if you if you overconsume a piece of media, then you get kind of sick of it and you want to move on to something else, but. I don't know, I always felt like movies should have a, a rewatchability, but I don't think Finding Nemo does for me anymore, which is kind of sad. Um, it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Um, and it's 
pretty dang popular. It's got quite a legacy, you know, a lot of a lot of rides. Good, good soundtrack. One of one of the finest soundtracks that um, Pixar Pixar's done. I listen to that like on its own. It's just it's really relaxing and uh, kind of beautiful. So big fan of Finding Nemo. Solid, solid ass movie. And I think the final movie that we will talk about this episode is Finding Dory, which is okay. Uh, this was the second time I had seen it since I saw it in theaters, and I remember being fairly underwhelmed in the theaters. Um, but then again, I think Finding Nemo is a, is a fairly good movie, so it had something to live up to. Not you know an unbeatable level, but you know there was there was a certain amount of expectations there for Finding Dory, and it it plays kind of fast and loose with the yeah, my parents are here. No wait, they're not. Oh wait, they're over here. Oh my god, they're dead. Oh wait, they're gonna be over here. No, they're dead again. That kind of that kind of mentality. Um, it's not the strongest movie I've seen. It kind of plods along at times. There's a lot of the things I just mentioned, and that really kind of screws with the pacing of the film. Side characters are fairly decent. I don't really care for the octopus all that much, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I I felt like that was not an unnecessary character, but I didn't feel like they brought a whole heck of a lot to the uh to the movie itself um i feel like destiny and ty burrell were stronger characters but that could just be me and my bias because you know every every movie reviewer's got that bias uh the parents were fine uh the two bits that i particularly enjoyed out of this film that i just thought were, were good is the sea lions with gerald and them shouting off i thought that was really funny the first time i saw this movie and um, the the sea otters cuddling on the on the bridge, and that's like it. Those are like the two really good parts of the movie for me, and that's a total of like ten seconds of film, um, and that's it. So just find that ten seconds of film, and you'll be fine. Otherwise, I'd give the movie uh, fuck. Uh, I'm gonna give it a six out of ten, but I still really wouldn't recommend it, which I know is weird. It's definitely not the worst thing I've seen. It's it's okay. It's it's all right, but I don't I don't know. You don't you don't have to see it, really, really. Unless you're doing what I'm doing, um, in which case then go for it. But otherwise, you're totally fine.